We're so excited to share this teaching message with you from Sikamo Church, Ibado, Nigeria. We believe God knows you and loves you, and through his word, he expresses his plans and purposes for your life. We hope that you open up your heart and really sense God speak to you through this message from our pastor, Tolulokwe Mudi. Let's get right into the service and be blessed by this message. So we are starting out a new teaching series this morning. And... Um... We call it we call it heartitudes, um, and um, you know heartitudes. We just want to have an attitude of um, heartitude, heartitude, or something, like that, right? Um, but imagine you've probably been in this moment before. There's a knock on the door, um, and you know once you confirm there's like a knock on the door, like I can hear somebody's knocking. Even before you say who is there, you kind of um, in this magical moment transform your living room. Um, and what I mean by transform is that everything in your living room, like everything scattered, basically is lifted and it lands on your bed. And the door shuts. Who knows what I'm talking about? And, and that door is never going to open. Like it's just shut. You know, nothing will ever open that door till that guest leaves. And then you're like, who's there? And, you know, here you are now sitting down with your friend. And your friend is like just complimenting how nice your house is. And, you know, and all of that. And yeah, like, oh, yeah, you know, yes. Um, but, you know, sometimes as you sit down there hearing all the compliments, it's like, if only you know what is inside. Um, like, if only you know <laughs> what is inside. If only you know what is inside. And exactly, if only you know what is inside. Help me look at somebody next to you this morning. If only you know what is inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look at me, yeah, here I am, but if only, you know, what is inside. Sometimes behind the smile and all of that, if only you know what is inside. Uh, um, and, and so the question is, do we actually have to know what is inside? Should we know what is inside? Does it, does it matter what is inside? Does it matter this morning that your socks are dirty as long as your shoes are well polished? You know, doesn't matter that today your underwear is on day five of work, you know, as long as your shirt is looking clean, does it matter what is inside? Does it matter the brokenness in my heart as long as my Instagram picture looks good, you know? Does it matter what is going on in my marriage, like behind the doors, as long as we have Anko, you know, when we come out? Does it matter... What is inside? Does it matter as long as we dress the part, look the part? You know, does it matter the many pictures I delete as long as the one that I put out looks good? Does it matter what is inside? If only you know. Let me look at somebody one more time. If only you know what, uh, what is inside. And does it matter? Because 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, God says these words. The Bible says the Lord does not look as man sees, but man looks at the outward appearance. But he says the Lord looks at the heart. There it is. God looks at the heart. That Do you know that as we're standing in this moment, God doesn't need to do anything special to see what is inside. Like God doesn't need to do an x-ray to see your heart. God is in this moment looking at the heart. He doesn't need a laser light or anything. He is in this moment looking at our heart. And this is how God conversations are. The truth, friends, is that we're going to find over the next few weeks that God conversations are heart deep. They reach into the heart. That for God, if he's going to change your life, he's going to change your heart. If God is going to set anything right in your life, he's going to set it right in your heart. Luke 6 verse 42 says, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. 
A good tree will never bear bad fruit. A bad tree will never bear good fruit. It says, for men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. And Proverbs chapter 23 verse 4, I think just makes it absolutely clear. It says, above everything else, guard your heart, for it is the source of life's consequences. You know, and the truth is we're going to find over the next few weeks that Satan will do all he can to just corrupt our hearts. Because a corrupted heart will be a corrupted life. You know, if the devil is going to attack us, he, you never see anybody shooting an arrow and aiming the hand, right? If you're shooting an arrow, you aim the heart. Because he knows that it's at the heart we can lose it. Medical science proves it. It's the same thing. And medical science will tell you that heart disease is the leading cause of death globally. An estimated, listen to this, in 2019 alone, 17.9 million people died from heart disease. That is 32% of all global deaths. Heart disease. For all the noise we made in 2020 about COVID, listen to this. Do you know that twice as many people died in 2020 from heart disease than from COVID? Right? That, and of all these deaths, what I even found most interesting, of all the deaths they talk about heart disease, they will tell you that 85% of deaths from heart disease are actually from heart attacks. That means that, you know, people who have been going good, looking good on the outside, like everything looks fine, and then there's just a suddenly moment suddenly something on the inside becomes fatal. Suddenly. Just a suddenly moment. And it was on the outside looking really good, but suddenly something from the inside that was all the while wrong just pops up and becomes fatal. So yes, I just want to say this morning, and we're going to find over the next few weeks, that what is on the inside really matters. That it's not enough to just have a good look to the outside. It's not enough to, you know, have a stench on the inside that is just concealed. It's not enough um, to wear a smile on a heavy heart. It's not enough. And in this series, what we want to do is that we want to look inwards and check our hearts. We want to check our heart attitudes. We want God to do a work on our hearts. We want God to really look in us, confront us where he needs to, correct us where he needs to, but, but get our lives right by getting our, by getting our hearts right. And I really need God to do that in me. I hope that no matter where you are on your journey, as we explore these next three weeks thereabout, I'm really hoping that you would all hear something that will help you be more healthy in who you are at heart. And that's what we're believing for. So this morning, I'm going to start out with week one. Just a simple message that I'm going to call, Stop Sleeping Without Resting. Stop sleeping without resting. How many of you believe for God to speak to you? Wave your hands where you are. Now put up the second hand to join in and let's pray. God, I just pray this morning that you'll speak to us in a way only you can. Let it be so simple that we'd understand, but let it be so profound that it will make a mark in our lives forever. And we give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Thank you, God, because you're answering our prayers about the frustrations coming on Chelsea. And thank you because, man, you will not sack their coach. And everybody said amen, amen. Please be seated this morning. Yeah, we prayed last week just about frustrations coming to Chelsea. Guess what? I watched Chelsea Burnley yesterday. I kept watching. They are going to score. And they eventually did. That's how God answers prayers, all right? Good stuff. All right, let's get into God's word this morning. Don't sleep without resting. Help me look at somebody next to you and say that. Don't sleep without resting. Stop sleeping. Stop sleeping without resting. If I ask a typical African mother, a typical African mother to define a lazy child, there are quite a few things she might tell you, but one of the things I think she will tell you is that a lazy child is a child that wants to rest after waking up. Now, I'll tell you what that means, all right? That is that moment where you have slept, right? They now woke you up and said, wake up, you woke up. 
Then you're still lying down. And they say, what are you doing? You say, I'm resting, right? An African child loves it. An African mother hates it. Like, you basically wake up. Because the truth is, an African child understands that sleep is work. So, having completed a sleep routine, who knows what I'm talking about? You just need some minutes to rest um, from the sleep. And I think that a big mistake we all make is that we imagine sleep and rest to be one and the same thing. You know, and understandably, we interchange them. I'm going to sleep, I'm going to rest and all of that. But I think interchanging sleep and rest makes the concept of rest suffer. Listen, I think that sleep should always be an opportunity to rest. But it's like saying, but I don't think sleep and rest are one and the same thing. It's like saying, um, hanging out with my friends is fun. I really believe hanging out with my friends should always be fun. But sometimes things go wrong. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you hang out with friends and it's just not fun. It should be fun. It is many times fun. You, you get what I'm talking about this morning, right? It's just not always what you think it should be. And so in Genesis, God instituted, you probably heard the word before, the Sabbath, which was the seventh day um, of, of creation. God instituted it as a rest day after he had worked for six days. And so on the seventh day, God says, you know, today is a day for rest. And God makes Adam, man, join him in that rest. And so you see that command all through scripture. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8, God is saying, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. It's a command all through scripture that, you know what, we have to remember we have to honor this thing of resting the sabbath and what that means but the question i have today is that maybe you've heard people say things like you know you've been working um and so you need to rest you know you've been working you've been doing a lot of work like ah you're overworking yourself now rest rest hmm? rest you know maybe your wife tells you that you know like like rest okay you know rest you know that babe rest now babe i don't want to be a widow you know things like that um i know that things my wife says so maybe you <laughs> Maybe you have been hearing that, but the big question I have sometimes is that, you know, the rest, that, and, and so they would usually say things like, even God, even God rested, even God on the seventh day rested. Hmm? You have to rest, you know, and stuff like that. But the big question is that, what was the rest God rested? Because um, God is telling man to rest with him. God has created for six days, and, and, and if you know a little bit of your Bible, God made man on the sixth day, right? And so on the seventh day, which is man's first day of life. God is then saying, man, rest. So, so what rest was God telling man to join him in? Because God was not resting from tiredness. Isaiah chapter 40 makes it clear that the Lord God does not tire. He doesn't grow faint. All right? He doesn't, it's not like God had been creating and God is like, yeah, my back. Oh, yeah, let's just rest. No, it wasn't like a resting from tiredness. So what was that rest all about? Why did Adam need to rest even before working? What was the rest on the first Sabbath? So when you read through the Old Testament, there are all kinds of Sabbath laws and, you know, things that typify rest. But what is really the heart of this Sabbath thing, this resting? Is it God's attempt to bring humanity into a place of, like, laziness? Like, God just wants human beings to just be idle. Like, you know, maybe not absolute laziness, but like quarter to laziness. Like, just be idle. Like, just don't let me see you doing anything. And so that was how the Pharisees understood. So in Mark chapter 3, you're reading about Jesus healing a guy that had a withered hand. Like, literally, this guy's hand was withered. Jesus says, stretch it out. And the guy stretched it out. And the Bible says, immediately the hand was healed. And you think, like, whoa! But the Bible says the Pharisees were angry. Why were they angry? They said he did it on the Sabbath day. In other words, don't do any kind of work on the Sabbath. Don't. So they are angry and Jesus is angry that they are angry. Why are you? So it's like just an anger thing. So, so 
don't work on the Sabbath. That's the big idea. Don't do anything on the Sabbath. If that one was God's heart, that I just want to see people I do, just don't do anything, just sleep. You know when you, 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 do you know what it means to sleep through? Okay, let me explain. So, have you prayed before? Have you prayed to a point that, ah, you finished, you know, I prayed through. Uh-huh. So, sleep. You know that sleep that when you finish, you don't even know. <laughs> that I slept through. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Is that like God's idea that you guys work, work, work for six days, then on that last day, just come and just sleep through. Like, achieve breakthrough in sleep, something like that. Because that's God's big idea. And let's be honest, um, life is tiring. I don't know about you, but this day and age in which we live is no longer like 1526. This is 2021. Life is tiring. Who knows what I'm talking about? Come on, guys. Come on, come on. Yeah. Life is tiring. Like, you know, in, in, in 1521 to like 1554, thereabouts. You know, you know, it's morning, you wake up, you know, you have an English breakfast at table, then you ride your camel to the garden to check how the fruits are doing. Then you do that till like 2 p.m., then you ride back home, no, like 12 noon, you ride back home for tea and biscuits. Then you ride back, you know, in 1521, there was a lot, you know, that was just like life, you know. But this is 2021, sometimes it's tiring. This is not even about you being ambitious or trying to be on Forbes list. This is just keeping your head above the water. Sometimes it's just tiring. Eh? You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Um, the pace is mad. Like just catching up with the pace sometimes. Everything. Just meeting needs. Just being basic sometimes feels tiring. But what I would suggest to you today is that tiredness is not necessarily so much a concept that comes from a lack of sleep. As much as I would suggest tiredness is a dysfunction. Tiredness, I would show you in just a few moments, it's not necessarily, yes, I'm tired because I haven't been sleeping. As much as tiredness is just a dysfunction, it's just, so it can include a lack of sleep, but tiredness is more about a breaking of order. It's a broken order. It's a dysfunctional order that we have settled in that makes us tired. What I'm trying to say is that if, for example, I say, everybody, let's go from here, and it's a 10-minute walk. Let's all just walk from here for 10 minutes and all. There's a way everybody can get up, and you can walk it. You can get there in 10 minutes, and you can be fine. But suddenly, you see somebody who is complaining that, you know, after just like two minutes, that he's just so tired and all of that, and you, you look over your shoulder, and you see that he has been walking on his hands. Um, it's, it's just a wrong order that tires out. And so, it doesn't matter how much effort. It's like you are doing things in a wrong way, and so you are finding yourself tired. Um, We all fall victim in some way or the other of just a broken order. And so, what I want to do this morning, I hope, is that I can walk you through a scripture and introduce you, maybe reintroduce you to God's concept of rest and show you how God wants to establish our hearts in a place of rest. God wants to give us a attitude of rest so that he can give us a life of rest. So in Genesis chapter 28, you would know this story about Jacob running away from, you know, um, from home. Jacob has cheated on his brother and all of that is going on at home and Esau is going to kill Jacob and Jacob has been hustling, stealing birthrights, doing all those kind of things, right? And now he's running away from home and the Bible says it, Genesis 28, we'll just pick the story in verse 10, that the Bible says that Jacob left the town of Beersheba and started out for Haran. So in verse 11, the Bible says that at sunset, he stopped for the night and went to sleep, resting his head on a large rock. 
The first thing I want to say, I'm going to tell you four things about rest from this scripture. The first thing that I want to say is that rest is refresh. Rest is refresh. Rest is the privilege of stops and starts. Rest is refresh. Rest is the privilege of stops and of starts. And we see that in Jacob that the Bible says that he stopped for the night. Rest is that opportunity to stop and then to start again. That you don't just live your life lumped up as one whole big deal. Don't just model up your whole life like, you know, you're just going through everything. You can't even separate. God instituted day and night and God himself will stop at the end of a day and look over it and say it is good. Not because he had to, but I believe he was giving us a pattern. And so God would invite us in the place of rest to say refresh. What does refresh look like? Refresh looks like start and stop. Like stop and start. Jacob stopped for the night. He had completed a day, so he stopped the day and started. And you get what I'm saying in a moment, that how many times are we just lumping in seasons of our lives and going from one to the next, and it's another birthday, and you just party away and just continue, and you know, you change job, and you change, you know, relationship, and you change location, and you change things, and you're just going through the motions, one thing lumped into another. But God invites us to a life of rest that looks like stopping something and starting another. That it's not just that you slept off with the clothes you want to work yesterday and woke up today to continue and you say I've slept but but you don't get rest because you don't understand that God invites you to close a day to think over a day to be stopping a day to say what do I learn from today what does today look like what what am I leaning over what am I taking stock of today how am I taking stock of a season of my life and then I'm moving into the next to start afresh so rest is stopping and starting and God invites us to say stop and start Stuff happened in your life. Do you know what? Learn to stop seasons and start new seasons. Don't just model up everything. Don't just go through motions. Don't just, you know, lump up your life. And you're not even taking stock, you know. And, and, and so this is so beautiful that, do you know, you can honestly be ending every day of your life with that opportunity. of You're not just jumping on the bed and saying it's over for the day. I'm tired. But you are jumping on the bed with leaning over the day. Like I'm stopping a day. What do I learn? What did I do well? What didn't I do well? What could I have done? Who, do I, who should I have reached out to? What could I have done better? Just a sense of stopping and starting. And I think it's the same even in terms of relationships many times that people, you know, get hurt in a relationship or, you know, lose a relationship and there's brokenness and all of that. And there isn't a sense of stopping and starting. And so, you know, many people just feel like I'm resting from relationship, you know, I'm not in any for three years. It's not about the duration. It's about a stop and a start. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some people do it in a month, some people do it in a year, whatever. But sometimes people just carry the bitterness from one into the next and, you know, carry the hurt from that one into the next. So now you're suspecting every new person and all of that because you haven't learn what it means to stop and to start that rest is refresh it's the privilege of starts and stops let me look at somebody this morning and say rest is refresh rest rest is refresh and to be honest any unbeliever can actually do this to be honest this is basic this is anybody can stop and take stock take stock of a day take stock of your life take stock of a season take stock of a week you know don't just have an off day and all you do on an off day is just slip through you know take stock how did the week go you know, take stock, right? Any unbeliever can actually do this. But as we walk on in Jacob's story in verse 13, the Bible says that now the Lord was standing beside the ladder and said, I am the Lord God who was worshipped by Abraham and Isaac. I will give to you and your family the land on which you are now sleeping. And your descendants will spread over the earth in all directions and will become as numerous as the specks of dust. Your family will be a blessing to all people. Wherever you go, I will watch over you. Then later, I will bring you back to this land. I won't leave you. I will do all I have promised. 
And Jacob woke up suddenly and thought, the Lord is in this place. And I didn't even know it. The second thing I want to say about rest this morning, number one is that rest is refreshed. But number two is that rest is revelation. Rest is revelation. Rest is revelation of God. Rest is revelation of God's promise. Rest is revelation of God's word, of who God is to you. Rest is revelation. And I really believe if I'll track you back to what was happening at Eden, this is what God was inviting Adam to. God was saying to Adam, Adam, you know what? I made you on day six. I just made you yesterday. But today, God is saying to Adam, you know what? Don't start working. Don't start telling the garden. Don't start doing anything. Don't let your life just be about doing. God says to Adam, take out this day to lean into a revelation of what I have already done so that when you go to start on your first day of life, you are start on your second day of life, you are starting with an understanding that I have already finished. So you have leaned into a revelation of what I have finished and it's in what I have finished that you are starting. So God invites Adam to a rest that is revelation. Revelation. Revelation of God. Of God's promise. Rest is revelation. Rest is not how long you sleep. Rest is what revelation you get. The privilege of stopping for revelation. And so in this place, what makes it different from Jacob, what makes it different for Jacob is that in the place of him laying down his head, he's leaning into a revelation that there is a promise that has become stronger than the pressures of all that he's facing. There's a promise that has become stronger than all that life is throwing at him. Jacob went to bed afraid. He's running away, but he woke up with a sense of awe and of who God is and of the fierceness of a promise that he's holding because somewhere in the place of rest, it has become revelation. That's the privilege we all have to say that rest is not just about a duration we endure at night but rest is a revelation that we are leading into and so when I wake up I'm not just waking up to continue from where I stopped I'm waking up in the freshness of a revelation of the promise of God over my life rest is revelation help me look at somebody and say rest is revelation rest is becoming aware of that revelation of who God is to you you know, I just want to say to people, you can have a weekend off and go back to work on Monday to continue from the pressure of Friday. Or you can come into a service like this and enjoy a revelation that empowers you for tomorrow. And so when we say we rested over the weekend, we're not just saying that we slept. We're saying that there's a new revelation of the promise of God. And hey, when I say revelation, I'm not saying that when you close your eyes to sleep, you have to see angels flying and singing. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just a heart that is leaning into who God is to you. Something in you that is becoming aware of who God is to you. That, you know, you are, you are, you are inclining yourself towards a promise, towards, you know, what God's word says. And we need those moments where the promise of God is more real than the pressures that we face. There's something about somebody who is going back tomorrow morning with an awareness that God is for me. There is something about that person. Rest is a revelation. There's something about somebody that closed it out on Friday, but, you know, and honestly, yeah, I didn't even know what I was going to do about this, and there were tasks, and there were deadlines, but I'm coming back with that fierceness of a lion, because something in me has become aware that God himself has said he will not leave me, he will not forsake me, therefore I take comfort, and I'm encouraged, and I confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear what will man do to me. There's something about somebody who is going back with revelation. Rest is revelation. The third thing I'm going to say this morning is that rest is reverence and reorder. Please stay with me. I'm going somewhere today, all right? This would help you, whoever you are. Rest is reverence and 
reorder. So number one, rest is refreshed. Number two, rest is revelation. Number three, rest is reverence and reorder. In verse 18, the Bible says that when Jacob got up early the next morning, he took the rock that he had used for a pillow and he stood it up for a place of worship. Then he poured olive oil on the rock to dedicate it to God. And he named the place Bethel before it had been named Luz. That's beautiful. That now in this place of a revelation, there is a reorder happening in Jacob's life. That what before was called one thing is now being called something else. So Jacob is now starting to align his life into the place of the revelation. Do you get what I'm saying this morning? So Jacob started out one way. Now he gets a revelation of God. And then now he starts to pattern himself. It's a reordering into the place of the revelation. And so what I'm saying to you this morning, friends, is that it's not enough for you to be like a car that is driving in the bush and trying to, you know, get your way through. And God is showing you a road. Rest is you taking your car away from that bush and bringing it to the road to find that ease. Rest is you reordering your steps and aligning yourself in tune with what God says, with what God is doing. Rest is you putting yourself in tune. When you lie down on, at your, on your bed at night, when you take those moments off, when you step back from everything, when you are taking stock, there must be something in you that is realigning and reordering yourself to be in tune with the promise of God over your life. Rest is realigning. It's reordering. Rest is you saying, well, I've been doing things this way. I've been punching the wind. Now, let me start hitting the targets. Rest is you saying that I've been putting in all this effort, putting in investment into that. Rest is you stepping back to see things clearer and putting your things where they really should be. Amen, anybody? Rest is reorder. Rest is reorder. All right. Um, rest will reset your priorities. It's not enough to just see the promise of God. But rest will change what you call things, change how you do things. Yeah, that's what we must be finding in rest. Okay. Now, I've said rest is refresh, right? And I've said rest is what? Come, good, good. And number three, rest is? Great, good. You guys are good. Um, that's fantastic. Number four. This will help you. Number four. Rest is release. Rest is release. Rest is a conscious letting go. Rest is release. Rest is conscious. Is you consciously letting go. Listen to verse 22. Um, the Bible says, this rock will be your house. And I will give back to you, I need someone on the keyboard, I will give back to you a tenth of everything that you give me. This rock will be your house. And I will give back to you a tenth of everything that you give me. So beautiful. This rock will be your house. And Jacob is saying that, you know what, I will give back. I will let go. I will release. And so Jacob starts from refresh, and then he moves into revelation, and then there is reorder, and then now we see release, release, that Jacob's rest is not complete because he gets a revelation of God. It is not complete because he reorders, but it becomes complete in the place of release. And I'll show you what I'm saying in a moment, that rest is not complete without release. Rest is not complete when you're just holding on to, holding on to, you go to bed at night, clustering everything into your chest and you wake up in the morning holding the same things. Rest is an invitation to every one of us to understand what it means to release. Rest is releasing. Rest is, you see, God has framed the human nature such a way that give or take every 24 hours thereabout, your eyes start to close. You know what I'm talking about? 
You struggle with it, you know, you're doing macho, it starts to close. Close on you. You know what I'm talking about. You push it, you know, drink all the coffee you want. Put your leg in all the water you want. You know, you just start to nod. You just start to, you know what I'm talking about. Come on, come on. Okay. God has programmed it such that within these cycles, we come to a place of close your eyes. Why did God do it that way? I really believe that in that place of God saying close your eyes, he's telling you to close your eyes and trust. Um, you see, closing your eyes is one of the biggest opportunities you have to trust. I'll tell you what I'm saying. Imagine, imagine you've been dating a guy or a, a lady, right? Um, and a guy dating a lady, that's what I'm saying. That's how it works. You get what I'm saying? Guys date ladies, right? Ladies date guys, okay? That's basic. But we should say um, And so you've been dating this guy for quite a while and things have been, you know, going nice, going good and all of that. And you kind of feel, and then there's been talk about wedding and stuff like that. And so now you're like, and I, honestly, I don't know why people do this thing, but they like to do it. It's a generation, all right? And that's fine. I'm far from that generation. So they, you're now waiting for that time when he'll bring a ring. Come on, come on, come on. Talk. Is that not what you do or you did? So, he, so yeah, like he, he's going to put a ring on it, you know, stuff like that. Okay, fine. So there are two ways you can put a ring. You can go to a store and buy a ring, or you can, you can, you can give her a ring by asking for her phone number. So, 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 so you've been waiting for that moment, and then now one of those days he kind of takes you out, and you know, you, you kind of feel like he was asking what you're going to wear. He was, you kind of feel like there's something happening, and then he's like, Let's go for dinner, and all of that. Then you get to this place, like, ah, yeah, you know, and all of that. Then you get to that point where he's like, He's like, He's like, He's like, Close your eyes. I'm <laughs> like, Oh, okay, okay, right, right, but, but, but. How many of you know there are people that will take you somewhere and say, close your eyes, and you say, why? Why? Close my eyes. Do anything you want to do. I'm watching. I'm watching. Closing your eyes is one of the biggest opportunities to trust. So God is saying to you every single day of your life, I've programmed you to trust me. That you are closing your eyes in an awareness that I am not closing my eyes. That you can sleep because there's a God that does not sleep or slumber. That you can say, God, you know what? I've gone as far as I can go today with this. I've pushed all I can, but I've gotten to the end of myself. And now I let go and close my eyes. Don't just doze off. Don't just sleep off. Release. That when I can't work, there's a God that works. <laughs> when I get to where I can't go any further, there is a God that works. Rest is releasing. How do you do it? That you go to bed anxious, wake up anxious because you don't release. How do you do it that you end a season of your life full of fear and all of that? You come to church, you walk out. Do you know why? People don't release. How is it that we were singing such beautiful words this morning about peace raging our fears and hope conquering doubt, but you walk out of the doors with fears raging your peace and with doubt conquering your hope? Because you don't release. Do you know what it means when we lift our hands in surrender and in worship? It is release. That rest is a place of release. God invites us to release. And I just want to say today, friends, that God wants you to rest at heart. 
God wants you to have a life where you have a heart posture of rest because if God can do it in your heart, then he can do it in your life. If God can accomplish a heart that is rested, then your life can be rested. You know why you're going around full of anxiety and hustling and struggling and all of that? There is something you have to win in your heart. If God does it, a good tree will out of the goodness of the tree bring forth good fruits. It is out of something God does in your heart. It is a posture of your heart. It's not enough to be trying it on the outside. Something in us needs to know that every day God invites us to refresh. Every day God invites us to a revelation. Every day God invites us to a reorder. And every day God invites us to a release. There will always be things that are more than you, that are bigger than you. You can't handle in your strength and it's okay. But you don't have to live tired. You don't have to carry burdens on your shoulder. You don't have to be all weighed down about everything. God invites you to release. And today what I want to say as I think about this Jacob story, let's be honest in 2021 there are all the pressures of life that we all deal with every one of us there are all these pressures life gets really hard and really tough and you know all of that and so I don't know what it's like for you but maybe every night you just can't wait to just land you on a pillow like that's your concept of the refreshing it's just my pillow I can't wait to just I can't wait to get home every night and just Land on my pillow because you think that rest is in your pillow. But let me be honest with you. As I think about 2021, I cannot just merely sleep. Sleep, how many hours do they recommend a day that you sleep? Eight hours. Eight. 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 Okay. Out of 24. Okay. But let's be honest. Sleep eight hours. Sleep eight hours every night. Um, I can't just merely sleep. The things, the things I deal with, the pressures of life, sleep cannot give me rest. Sleep can keep me going in the natural, but sleep cannot give me rest at heart. Um, so we... We are confined to think about rest as a pillow. And so you know what we do when we think about rest as a pillow is that we're trying to get it more comfortable. We're trying to say, what can I do such that, you know, every day, every night, every season of my life, I can give myself the best comfort I can, thinking that that will give me rest. That's the life Jacob had lived back at home. I, I, I assume Jacob had the best of pillows. He had, he had all of that to get onto. And so, you know, every night, if mosquitoes are biting you, you either use Odomos or you cover yourself. And, but there is... A limitation to what you find in that. It's just a pillow. You come back the next day, you are still tired. Jacob in the pillow life is still running away. He's still hustling. He's still dealing with all of that. It's a pillow life. He's just trying to change job, just trying to get one more vacation, trying to get all of that. It's a pillow life. It's, it's what every unbeliever runs for. But I need something more than that. And so the children of Israel kind of realized that, you know what, the pillow doesn't do it. So they were thinking about rest as a place. And so they had been in the land of Egypt, their ancestors, their fathers. And now for them, it was about fighting to get to a place. The pillow doesn't do it, but let's get it in a place. And so they start, Joshua brings them out and they start fighting all these battles. And it's all about, you know what, we are going to the promised land. There's a place we will get to that will give us rest. And so they fight battles, they fight nations, they defeat, they conquer territories and all of that. But the place doesn't give them rest. Listen to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 7. 
The Bible says in verse 8 of Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible says, if Joshua had given them rest, he would not afterwards have spoken of another day. Look at verse 9. It says, there therefore remains a rest for the people of God. They thought they were getting it in Joshua, but after Joshua brought them to the promised land, he said, no, this is still not the rest. Some of you have thought about rest as a place. You think about rest, first of all, as a pillow. Then maybe after trying all you can, you now think it's a place that all I need is just get me that stamp on my passport. Let me get me to a sensible place. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, there's just no rest where I am. Here in Togo, there's no rest. Let me just go to Nigeria. You know, but, but, but we start to think about rest as, as, as a place that if I can just get here, if I can. So, so we labor to get to a place. And that's what the Israelites did. But they labored and they got to a place. And the Bible says that even there in that place, it was not rest. So I believe that what God invites us to is that, okay, a place won't give you rest. A pillow won't give you rest. And so God says, the revelation I want you to have in verse 9, it says, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. And then he's introducing that rest and he goes on. By the time you get to verse 14 of the same scripture, he goes on and he says, seeing then that we have a great high priest. It says, Jesus, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. But we in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Verse 16, I love it. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You know what we find is that rest is not a pillow. Rest is not a place. Rest is a person. Rest is a person. And he's saying that in the person of Jesus, this is what the Israelites were prophetically looking forward to. And, and this is what all the labor was trying to bring them to, that rest is a person. And every day of your life, I just want to say to us, friends, that every day of our lives, God is inviting us to something more than just a good sleep. And so this was what Jacob found as he was running away from home. The Bible says that Jacob got to that place where he laid his head on a rock. And it's amazing because what Jacob didn't find in a pillow. All his life, he had been sleeping on a pillow, but he was running away from home. He was hustling. He was in the struggle, stealing birthrights, doing all of that. But now Jacob gets to the place where he puts his head on a rock. And it's crazy that on a It's crazy that on a rock, Jacob is finding rest. He's finding what he couldn't find on a pillow on a rock. How does this work, Jacob? That a rock gives you what a pillow couldn't give you. Paul gives us the answer in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. Paul says that they drank of that spiritual drink. Come on, give me 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4. And that rock followed them. And then it says the rock was Christ. They drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock was Christ. What Jacob found in that moment was that what he was laying his head on was more than just an ordinary rock. He was laying his head on a revelation of who Christ was to him. 
And today, my invitation to all of us is that you don't just go to bed at night laying your head on a pillow. My invitation is that we end every day laying our heads on a rock. We go through seasons of our lives knowing what it means to be laying our heads on a rock, on a revelation of who Christ is to us. We need something more than mere sleep, friends. We need something more than just observing the hours at night. We need something more. I would only find rest in my heart in a revelation of who Jesus is to me. And so in that place, they realized that rest is not a pillow. Rest is not a place. Rest is a person. I believe that God is inviting us every day of our lives to take up a heart posture of rest. And we would only find it by laying our heads on who Jesus is to us. God invites us to not just refresh, but to lean in in a revelation that reorders our life and that, and that redirects our lives and reorders our lives and we can release ourselves in. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. It says, you can throw the whole weight of, give it to me, the whole weight of your anxieties upon him. For you are his personal concern. Do you know that you can go to bed every night, release him? You can, this is not even just about when you sleep. This is about how you live. That you can live every season of your life, release him. Knowing that you are his personal concern. I like that in the Message Bible. It says, live carefree before God. He's most careful with you. You know, not careless, but carefree. Free of care. Because God is most careful with you. Do you know that you can live a life that is free of care? In Jeremiah chapter 31, I like this, verse 25. <laughs> Jeremiah says, God is speaking. He says, I will give rest, okay? God will give rest. God says, I will give rest and strength to those who are weak and tired. We need it. God says, I will give you rest. So after hearing that, eh, I, Jeremiah, woke up and I looked around. Ah, my sleep was very pleasant. Somebody in the place of revelation, sleep is different. Let me, let me show you. This, this, will, this will be better Nigerian language. Let me show you New King James. After this, I woke and I looked around and my sleep was sweet. Ah, my sleep was sweet today. As for me, from today, now sleep with sweet, I want to sleep. Hmm? Now sleep with sweet. I want to sleep. Let me sleep where you wake up. You are hissing. You wake up. No. You know, I don't know how you do it. Sleep where you wake up. You are angry. Now sleep with sweet. Come look at someone. I say from today, now sleep with sweet. I honestly think the Sabbath is not as much a day of the week as it is a way of life. It is a posture of the heart. It is not a day not to work. It is a way to even work. It is a posture of the heart. And Tim, would you come? I'm closing already. I just want to invite everybody today because I believe God is inviting us to that kind of life. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? If God can work it in your heart, I believe that he can work it in your life. And if God can work in your heart a posture of refresh, a posture of revelation, a posture of reorder, and a posture of release, if God can work it in your heart, then he can work it in your life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go about in 2021 just full of all the pressures of life and, you know, just hustling through every day. I want to live my life from a place of rest. You know, the truth of what I'll tell you, friends, it is a rest that you have found in your heart that you can live on the outside of your life. It is a peace that you have found in your heart that you can live outside of your life. 
The Bible speaks about when Jesus was on the storm with his disciples. And they came to Jesus and they said, Master, don't you care that we perish? Why did they say that? Because Jesus was asleep. How is he sleeping in a storm? We'll see the reason in just a moment. Jesus wakes up and he stays to that storm. Peace be still. It is a peace that he had in his heart that he could speak to the storm on the outside. It is a peace that could make him sleep in a storm that could make him command the storm. It is a peace that can make you enjoy. In Acts chapter 12 and verse 6, it's one of my favorite scriptures. The Bible speaks about how Herod was persecuting the church and he stretched out his hand and he killed James and all of that. In Acts 12 verse 6, the Bible says that when Herod was about to bring Peter out, now he had killed James, he saw the, church, the, the, the Jews were happy, so he took Peter and he seized Peter. And he's, he's ready to kill Peter also because I want to put him, I want to please the Jews. But the Bible says the night before when Herod was about to bring Peter out, these words have never, I've never recovered from these words. Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. Peter was sleeping. Peter, how are you sleeping the night before they kill you? How are you sleeping? You know when you are young and they cost you that when something was happening, you'll be sleeping. This is the original. You know, like they're about to kill you, Peter. You have options. You have options. I'm like, Peter, even if you've given up on God, eh, even if you've given don't be swearing throughout the night. Like God to boom that bah, 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 bah. You know, I will get. Or Peter be praying throughout the night. But let me tell you the truth, friends. There are prayers we pray because we have not found rest. Peter was sleeping. In a revelation of who God is. It was in his sleep that an angel came to wake him up. Guy, 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 guy. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Revelation. Rest. Rest on the inside will be rest on the outside. And it doesn't matter whether it's 2021. It doesn't matter the economy. It doesn't matter the questions about the future. It doesn't matter what happened in your past. It doesn't matter what's going on around and about you. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. If God will establish rest in our hearts by the power of revelation, he will give us rest in our lives and we will live a life of rest. That's what God calls us to. It's in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. It says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Let me look at somebody this morning and say that scripture is also talking to you. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. You guys are too polite. You know, look, look at somebody else. Hold your ear. Did you hear nothing? Did you hear nothing? Did you hear nothing? Why, why do you read that and say most things? Like, be, be anxious for one or two things. It's just because it's, this is my future. This is my marriage something. Marriage. All of that is it's okay. I, I really get for most of But marriage, marriage. I'm of the age of marriage. I've turned the page for marriage. And I just feel my life is in cage. People are beginning to rage. It's marriage. He said, be anxious for nothing. For nothing. Nothing. If God says nothing, it's nothing. How many of you believe this is also 2021, people? Be anxious for nothing. So how will I be anxious for nothing? He now says, let me tell you what to do about everything. Because if you don't do it about everything, you'll be anxious for some things. So, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, live as a Christian. Now look at verse 7. I love this. I love this. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding 
I need that kind of peace, oh people. I need it. The type that is more than what you can explain. Do you understand? You're even looking at yourself and you're saying, why am I at peace? Yes, that's what it means to be a Christian. Peace of God surpasses all understanding. The Bible says it will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. One translation says it would set guard. It would, like, an, like, like armed soldiers, set guard over your heart through Christ Jesus. That is the hard posture I want, friends. I want a hard posture of rest. I want something more than just sleeping every night. I want a rest that only God can work in my heart by the power of revelation. And I want to live out of that space of rest. There may be questions in my life, but I want rest in my heart. There may be needs in my life, but I want rest in my heart. There may be situations in my family, but I want rest in my heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the life I believe in. God invites us to. Let me invite everybody this morning. Be anxious for nothing. I want you where you are this morning, whether you're in this building or online, I want you to take a deep breath. Let's take a deep breath. Just hold it for a moment. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Just hold it. Hold it in. Now let go. Just let it out. Let's do it one more time. Just take a deep breath like nothing matters. Stop yourself a moment. Stop. In that breath, just think about a God who is for you and not against you. In that moment, hold a breath and think about a God who is fighting battles you don't even know about. And just let it go once again. Just let it out. One more time. I want you to just breathe in one more time. Breathe in one more time. Breathe in. Breathe in. Think about a God whose power is greater than every pressure you face. Think about a God who is more faithful than any fear in your life. Think about a God whose promise endures forever. Think about a God who is too faithful to let you down. Think about a God who says, I am for you and not against you. Think about a God who is a good, 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 good father. Who is perfect in all his ways. Think about that God this morning. And just let out that breath one more time. Now in faith, would you just lift your hands and release. Release fears, release anxieties, release pain, release the past. Release pressure this morning. Release. Release. Just let out this morning and release. Release. Come on, let's worship together this morning. Let's sing, be brave, my soul. 
you know, if I could, I would want to place a rock in everybody's hand and say, you know what, take this rock home and put your head on it at night and just think about it. And every time you face a fear, put your head on it. And every time you have anxieties, put your head on it. I, I would wish I could do that and let you remember what the rock is to you. But I'm so glad that more than something tangible to, you know, carry around in your hands, God has given us a revelation in his word. And that we can build our lives on a revelation of who the rock is to us. That the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, that the rock followed them. Do you know that in every season of your life, the rock is with you? That rock to rest your life on. To say, this is a rest. This is a rest. This is a rest. For the rest of my life, I can live in a place of rest. That's what the rock is to us. I just want to give people 60 seconds this morning. I don't know how this speaks to you. I don't know what's going on in your world. But I know there are people here this morning that really just need to release. That need to embrace a revelation. That need to say, Jesus, Jesus, more than just the pillow, more than just the place. Jesus, it's you. Jesus, it's you. Maybe there are people this morning going through a season of their lives and going through stuff at home in your family and you know you just need to release. Whether it's releasing pain, releasing hurt, releasing doubt, releasing anxieties, releasing fears. But there are people this morning that just need to release. Release. It's not a good message if you hear it. It's a good message when you can respond to it. But Jacob saw a revelation of the rock and he responded to it. He responded to it. You've been anxious about the next 10 years of your life. You've been anxious about what would happen over your children. You've been thinking about your family. And, and it's more than thinking now. It's worrying. It's worrying. And God is saying today, can you just release it? Can you close your eyes in a revelation of a God who never closes his eyes? Can you start this new season of your life in a revelation of a God who has already finished? That we start because he has finished. Can you face tomorrow? Can you face Monday? Because of what God has already finished. Can you hold a promise more than you hold the pressure? What does it mean to you this morning? What does it mean to you this morning? What does it mean over your family? What does it mean over your work? Over the business you're trying to start? Over your job? Over the disappointment that you faced? And you know, you really expected things to go one way. And it didn't go that way. Can you hold this morning unto a promise of a Jesus who is for you, not against you? you hold it this morning thank you Lord thank you Lord no more fear of the future fear of fear 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 God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of his sound mind the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear God has not given us a spirit of fear. God, in the name of Jesus, this morning, we take authority over fear. In the name of Jesus, we take authority over anxiety, over fear, over doubt, over, you know, just that crippling thing in people's hearts, God. And I pray in Jesus' name, a spirit of boldness, a spirit of audacity, God, a spirit of faith, God, in the name of Jesus, that rests in the revelation of who you are to us. That's what we pray today, God. Thank you, God. God, call up, call up, I pray. Call up the way in front of people, God. 
color up the expectation in front of people. Lord, I pray today for people that are tired, that have been running. People like Jacob that are in the wilderness right now. They've been running, doing what they know to do, God. And here they are, just tired on the inside, God. Lord, today I pray people that have faced disappointments, people that have faced letdowns, people that have been heartbroken, God. People that feel weighed down, that feel like Jacob. They're just running in the wilderness right now, barely trying to make it by. God, today I pray that the rock, the rock that is Christ will meet them right where they are, God. I pray today, God, for a revelation of yourself, God, even right here and right now in this season of their lives God Lord that's what I pray and I speak it over them I pray Lord encouragement that only you can give God I pray strength that only you can supply God I pray sound of hope God that only you by the power of the Holy Spirit can work in their lives God God I thank you thank you God Lord I pray we would get it right in our hearts that we would get it right in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Can I just request that we stay standing? I want to make an invitation for somebody who came to church this morning and you're not in the right place with God. I don't know who you are really or how you even got about being in church today. Um, but the big question is whether you can boldly say that you are in a right place with God. You know what, friends? There's only one way you can be made right with God. It's through Jesus. It's by putting your faith in what Jesus did. Um, we believe that Jesus went up on the cross to die a death that he didn't deserve to die so that you can have a life that you don't deserve to have. He died a death for your own sins, for, for the weight of our guilt and our shame, for all that we have done wrong. That's why he died. He said a yes that took him from life to death so that you can say a yes that will take you from death to life. He did it all so that you can stand in that today and put your faith in him and say, you know what, Jesus, I want you to be my savior. And I don't know who you are today. Maybe at some point in your life you have even made a decision like this. But as we speak today, you know you've walked away from it. You've made poor choices. You're living far away from him. Or maybe you've never prayed this prayer before. Maybe you've never even come around this. Maybe you're new in church. Or maybe you've been coming to church. It really doesn't matter. The question this morning is whether you can say with all your heart that I'm in the right place with God. And I just want to lead you in a prayer. If you say, you know what, you're speaking to me. I want to be made right with God. It will be such a joy and pleasure for us to stand with you and lead you in a prayer. I'm going to ask everybody to just bow their heads and close their eyes. We are standing because we honor your decision. We honor your right to choose Jesus today. And we want to stand with you in faith this morning. And if you say, you know what, you're speaking to me, that's me. I need to pray that prayer. I need to be made right with God. I'm going to count to three. And wherever you are, right where you are, whether you're in this building or you're online anywhere, I'm going to ask you, just put your hand on your chest and let God see you. Let him know that you are making that decision today. Are you ready? One two and three put your hand on your chest god bless you god bless you god bless you i see people across the room god bless you it's a miracle happening in your life god bless you god bless you i believe it's the holy spirit that is speaking to you where you are and telling you do that god bless you if you want to join him please do that if you're online anywhere where you are i want you to do it whether you're alone or you're with others this morning just put that hand on your chest god bless you god sees you this morning he knows your name he knows your story and he knows the plans that he has for your life. We're going to say a prayer together. This is a family, not a crowd. I'm going to ask everybody to join in. And let's identify. Let's stand with our friends this morning as we welcome them to family. Can we all say this morning, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I, come to you today I come to you today because you've made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son, Jesus. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
and he's the savior of the world. So I believe he died in my place so that I can truly live. Say today, I confess Jesus as my savior and my Lord. Say Jesus, please forgive me. Forgive me of everything in the past and give me a whole new start. Say from today, I will follow you. I will stand in your grace. I will be empowered by your spirit. And my life will never be the same. Now say it's a new beginning. I'm a child of God. And one day, I'll be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. Who loves the sound? Who loves the sound of a miracle? May we never take it for granted. Come on. Come on, let's celebrate. Let's congratulate everybody who prayed that prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, friends, this is not better to best. This is dead to life. Yeah, this is not good. To, this is not bad to good. This is dead to life. This is a miracle. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Wow. You know what? Congratulations, everybody who prayed that prayer. A miracle just happened in your life. It's such a joy, week in, week out, seeing people pray that prayer. It is such a joy and a miracle. We pray for you. We believe for this to happen. It's a miracle that just happened in your life. I want to say congratulations to everybody that prayed that prayer. You just did the very right thing. God sees you. God, angels are rejoicing right now in heaven over that prayer that you prayed. Whether you're in this building or you're online, congratulations about the miracle that just happened in your life. You know what? We'd love to stand with you. We'd love to support you. If you're in this building on your way out, you're going to see some of our team just waving a little book. It's a fresh life devotional as you exit the doors. All you need to do is to tell them, I prayed that prayer. They would hand you a copy. It's free of charge. We'd love to stand with you, pray with you, encourage you. If there are ways we can support you and pray with you, we would love to serve you in every way that we can. Or the other option, there's going to be a QR code before we end the service on the screen. You can also just scan it and register your decision. Let's know and we'll send you resources and love to help you in every way that we can. But one more time, can we just congratulate everybody who prayed that prayer this morning. Amen. We are so honored to have been able to share this teaching message with you from Sikamo Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We really hope you found it to be a blessing. To find out more about us or how you can receive more resources from our church or our pastor, Tolulokpai Moody, please visit our website, www.sikamo.church. That's S-Y-C-A-M-O-R-E.church. Or on Facebook and YouTube at Sikamo Church and on Instagram and Twitter at Sikamo underscore church. If you're ever anywhere around us, we'll be super honored to welcome you at one of our services.